Welcome everyone to Take the Lead. I am your host, William Kleski. And it's me, the one and only John O'Halloran at Instagram, John O'Halloran15 and at underbar under, wait a minute, underbar <laughs> <laughs> John underbar O'Halloran on YouTube. So John, we're going to start with some football. Yes. And we both love Tom Brady, even though he left us high and dry. Oh, I'm an Eagles fan, so. Left me high and dry. <laughs> And I, well, I meant New England. Fan. I meant us as a whole in New oh, England. Yeah. So, he set a record. Even though it's not even football season. What did he do? Tom Brady rookie card sells for. Want to take a guess? 1.3. 2.25 million dollars. Setting a new record. How do fair do people have this kind of money and say, "Hey, I'll buy that Tom Brady car for two point two five million yeah, where so do people get this money? Rich people like Logan Paul one of his most recent videos was I bought two million dollars worth of Pokemon cards, but anyways, yeah, and that two million is like nothing to him, yeah, but um, before you start digging through your old football cards to see if you have a couple million lying around, know this wasn't your average Brady rookie card. The card was autographed by Brady and was part of a limited set. Only 100 of these cards, which is a 2000 Playoff Contenders Championship rookie ticket, were made. The card that sold for $2.25 million was card number 99 in the set. Fun fact, I had a Tom Brady signed card and gave it to my brother. I don't know what he did with it. Nah, I'll probably threw it away. He, so he probably should know like, what card that is, because just imagine if that was a rookie one. And I it's just uh, this card right here. You can't see it on the screen because I have it on my phone. Okay, good, because just imagine if that was the one I gave away without knowing, and my brother just sees that, and he goes fucking sells it and gets $2.25 Yeah, imagine if it was your brother who sold it. What I'd do next time, I would see him and say, hey, Ryan, come here, i got something to give you. Fucking smack him right across the face and say, you're going to give me a million, and if not, you're done. Yeah, so... You're going to submit the fishes. Even if you have that particular card, you might not fetch nearly as much on the open market. The record-breaking card received an 8.5 grade and a 9 grade on Brady's autograph, which helped raise the price. Lower grades on either figure may have prevented the card from breaking the previous record. You want to guess who had the record before? As a football or just a card in general? Uh, football. Probably Peyton Manning. Tom Brady as oh, well. Okay, of course. <laughs> Prior to Friday's sale, Brady already held the record for the most expensive football card ever sold. In March, an autographed Brady rookie card sold for $1.32 million. You're, you would have been close if you were guessing this, that one, the one you broke. Well, <laughs> uh, before that, Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes held the record for the most expensive car football card sold, but it didn't say. Uh, given the rate at which card prices are moving, it wouldn't surprise wouldn't it be a surprise to see Brady top this record before 2021 is over. The all-time record for the most expensive sports card ever sold belongs to... Tom Brady. No, baseball. Space, ah, man. Probably Babe Ruth. No, surprisingly. Derek Jeter. Mickey Mantle. How much? A 1952 card of Mantle once sold for $5.2 million. Brady has a way to go before he reaches that figure, but winning another Super Bowl could get him significantly, significantly closer. He doesn't need another Super Bowl. He has seven. He doesn't need any more. He has, he has enough. It's time for him to share with other people. He has more Super Bowls than any team in the NFL. <laughs> Crazy, right? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking seven. Seven. That's all I got for football. Seven. That's, that's Madden. You know, you play seven, you play franchise, win seven Super Bowls, and you say, all right, I'm done with this game. And you install it and throw it to the side. Because <laughs> it's time for the next year's game for you to do the same thing seven over. more. You import your franchise from the previous game. <laughs> uh, speaking about Tom Brady, the uh, the Rams proposed Tom Brady rule almost after getting uh, burned by Buccaneers QB and odd play during 2020 season. The Tom Brady rule. There's Aren't there already like seven Tom Brady rules? Yeah, the tuck rule. Tuck rule. Then when he got hit in the knee after the undefeated yeah. season. Um, don't deflate football. Yep. <laughs> Said uh, under the Rams post uh, rule, teams will lose a down if they throw a second forward pass from behind the line of scrimmage or if they throw a pass from behind the line. Did I just read that? What was it? 
on the Rams' new pros run. If they throw a second uh, forward pass behind the line of scrimmage, or if they throw a pass... It's like I repeated it. Yeah, second forward passes aren't even allowed. So pretty much on third and ten play for the Buccaneers in the fourth uh, quarter, a pass thrown by Tom Brady would bat back to him, and he responded by throwing another pass, which ended up in being an eight-yard completion to Mike Evans. Um, scroll up. I hit play on the video. Let's see. So, after reviewing the play, <laughs> I agree with the Rams. You shouldn't have been able to throw it again. No, because I, I don't think you're allowed to do that. I don't think quarterbacks allowed to do that. I don't think so either. Uh, the Rams no one did anything about it. No, uh, well, it's Tom Brady. <laughs> oh, the, so the Rams end up declining the penalty, and Brady got. Uh, what was the penalty? Oh, sorry, I didn't miss that. Um, from the Rams' point of view, Brady committed the. Uh, Rears penalty. The Buccaneers were going to get another down. The penalty is accepted or or gain eight yards if the penalty is declined. The Rams end up declining the penalty, and Brady got uh, credit for eight yard pass. When someone throws a four pass from behind the line of scrimmage, the penalty is five yards, and, and they lost down, and that's the same punishment. The Rams want uh, for anyone who throw two passes. If the Rams propose have been in place, they would have accepted the penalty, and Brady and the Buccaneers would have faced a fi- uh, fourth and fifteen. It sounds like Brady already committed a penalty, so it looks like there's already a rule in the book for it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I don't think quarterbacks are allowed to do that. But again, it's Tom Brady. He's a golden boy. So, so I guess they just want to. I guess it's not even a proposed rule. I think they just want to change what the penalty is for it. Yeah, I mean, I always, I always thought quarterbacks weren't allowed to do that. Well, I mean, I guess not because they said he committed a penalty. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll say this plain and simple. Hey, L.A., uh, your Rams over there. They're a little bit butthurt. Yeah. That, the, that Brady beat him in the Super Bowl. Well, that you got a 33-year-old quarterback now, and you traded a 26, 27-year-old. Good luck, L.A. Yeah, freaking. We saw how Stafford did in Detroit. It's <laughs> Detroit. Uh, Roger Goodell expects NFL teams to have full capacity, which I Dope. really – I hope. I mean, it was weird watching football last year, and, like, you know, five or six teams had fans. Yeah. And some teams tried, and they shut it down right away. It was just weird seeing – no, you're seeing baseball, but but baseball finally has fans. It's yeah. just weird seeing stadiums empty. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, he said uh, football is something that's the same without fans, and we expect to have full stadiums during the 2021 season. Uh, Goodell met, Goodell met earlier Tuesday with the league officials and discussed a possibility of welcoming fans back to every stadium, according to the NFL Network's Tom uh, Persilio. After ho- uh, hosting 1.2 million fans during the 2020 campaign. He opted to take a very strike optimistic tone five months away from kickoff. Um, also remains to see if the NFL were permitted to host full stadiums across the country as different states offer different restrictions uh, preparing to COVID-19. Yep. I mean, I hope it happens, but obviously we'll wait and see. You know, people getting the vaccinations. Yeah. Cases are dropping somewhat, I think. And there are some places where vaccines aren't even open to everybody yet. No. I think here in uh, New Hampshire, uh, if you are in the like the round three, aka everybody else who's not like in the healthcare field or elderly, you could just start registering for the vaccine like two days ago. So, no. I mean, I guess you can't go to Yankee Stadium then. You have to either uh, get the vaccine. Or provide proof of a negative test within the last post from the previous three days. Well, if I, if I were to go to the same, just get a test beforehand. Yeah, but I'm just saying that's what they that's because that's what New York's rule is right now. So for Yankee oh. Stadium and City Field, it's like I'm not going to Yankee Stadium. <laughs> yeah, it's not like you like the Yankees, anyways, John. Ah. Uh. I got a lot of Jimmy G coming our way. Uh, George Kittle weighs on the. Uh, wait, wait, say that again. Jimmy G. Nope. Oh, George Kittle. Yep. Helmet. Every every single video on this channel. Uh, he weighs in on the 49ers trade to move up in the draft. I want Jimmy uh, Garoppolo to be my QB. Yeah, it seems like they got a bud. Uh, obviously, we just know last week the uh, 49ers traded for the third pick with the uh, with the Dolphins. Um, it's also rumored that San Francisco is going to draft a quarterback. He said, I trust uh, Kyle uh, and John 
Lynch, they're trying to do whatever they can to make this team better, Kittle said to Kyle uh, Bandit on the 10 questions with Kyle Bandit podcast this week. Uh, I get it. It's a comp- uh, competitive sport. We're competing for jobs every single day. I want Jimmy to be my QB. Whatever they do, I can't wait to see what the team looks like in a couple of weeks. Um, Grapple has completed uh, completed 67.5% uh, of his passes in, 30, in his 31 starts with four Niners, throwing 7,352 uh, yards with 46 touchdowns and 26 interceptions, a 98.1 passing, a 98.1 pass rating. Of QBs that have thrown 750-plus uh, pass attempts over the last four years, Garoppolo is fourth in uh, completed percentage and ninth in pass rating. He's second in yard attempts, uh, 8.33 behind Patrick Mahomes. Um, I think it's quite obvious that the four nines are going to draft the quarterback. Yeah. Uh, Garoppolo, he can't stay healthy. I think he could stay healthy. He could be, you know, a decent quarterback. But uh, the 49ers are asking for a first-round pick. I don't think he's worth the first-round pick. Mm-mm. Second, probably. Second, yeah. Cause Maybe two seconds. I mean, if he, you know, could stay healthy, I think he could be worth a first-round pick, but yeah. I just I don't see him. You know, getting traded for first, but uh, some team might be desperate enough. And I don't know who that team probably is. New England. Yes. The wow, Patriots are planning uh, to trade up for a quarterback or uh, acquire Jimmy Garoppolo after pick swaps. Per report. Um. Send Forty ers our first round pick. Yeah. Which is what fifteenth, fourteenth, something like that. So like another th- pick, uh, pick thirteen and five. I mean three and five, uh, three and fifteen. Yeah. Um. They've been uh all in on twenty uh in twenty twenty in the QB heavy class. Uh no, obviously Trevor Lawrence is going one. Zach Wilson's going two. Justin Fields and Trey Lance and Mac Jones. Uh, Justin Fields won't be there for the Patriots or Trey Lance. Possibly Mac Jones, but I heard the Forty ers are interested in Mac Jones. Um. I wonder if the Pages could trade with possibly, you know, to get one of these quarterbacks. But I honestly think they should uh, just stick out with Cam Newton one more year. Patriots should trade everyone they just signed to get Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> Every single person, especially Aguilar. Yeah, get Aguilar in New England. He's not going to catch shit. Um, He'll catch more babies out of windows, though. That was him, right? No, the guy, the guy caught the baby, or someone caught the baby, and the guy oh, compared it to Aguilar. You know, he's like, unlike Aguilar. <laughs> I thought, for some reason, I thought it was like Aguilar is like catch a baby, but can't catch a football. Poor Nelson Aguilar, man. Yeah. Are you, are you looking up that thing again? Uh, you just remind me. Baby dropped a most looked up one. Fire trucks coming down the street. They was like in the far off distance or whatever like that. Smoke started getting worse. Then I seen a guy hanging out the window, you know, screaming that his kids was in there and things like that. So I, I ran to the back door, see if it was open, and it was. I ran upstairs, and then I was greeted with smoke. I ran back downstairs. By that time, the ladder truck was pulling up, and ironically, me and my one of my ex, my old coworkers took the ladder off the off the truck, raised it up, and assisting people down. My man just started throwing babies out the window. And we was catching them. Unlike Aguilar and his mishaps, I like to put that out there. <laughs> Unlike Aguilar. And his mishaps, I haven't put that out there. Oh, my God. But uh, I could see the Pagers going after Jimmy G. You know, I think Tom yeah, Brady. I'm not Tom Brady. Tom Brady's not there. I think Bill Belichick could fix um, Jimmy G. You know, Bill Belichick originally wanted Jimmy G, but I think it was five, four years ago now when Barbara Kraft yeah, said, no, Kraft we're sticking like, with nah, him. we're going to stick with Brady. And that worked out. We got a couple more rings. Yeah, just imagine if it was Jimmy G. Who knows the hell it happened? <laughs> True. Uh, Still be winning. But uh, Jimmy G? Yeah. Uh, Deshaun Watts now facing 21 sexual misconduct lawsuits. I, d- I, ho- I just hope it's not real. I really do. Yeah. Uh, it's getting absurd. At this point, I mean, you see this. I mean, I don't want it. You got to see proof first, but you see this all the time with happening to athletes. Yeah, these women come and say it. Um, no, I guess we'll just see what happens. Yep, yeah. Uh, complaint filled report with the Houston Police Department uh, concerning Deshaun Watson. The uh, HPD said in statement, as uh, with any. 
forgot last where I was. Don't you hate that when you lose where you're, where you're at? Yep. Um, I, f- I saw a report the other day. Uh, I think it was like 17 women came out and said they worked with Deshaun Watson and said uh, he was very professional when they were working with him. I just you know, I just really hope this... John, obviously that doesn't matter because it's less than the amount of lawsuits. Yeah, I just hope it's not really, really do. I would hate to see a quarterback like him possibly lose. Yeah, but if he's a scumbag, then... If it comes out he's actually a scumbag, then yeah. fuck him. Innocent, proven, guilty. Yeah. That's all I had for football. All right, basketball. Hey, John, you know how I started off <laughs> with some history in football? Yes. Now let's talk about some history in basketball, shall we? Yeah, I got two history things. Jazz break Warriors NBA record with 18 three-pointers in the first half against the Magic. One little funny fact, guys. When I play Will in NBA 2K, that's what I do. All I do is fucking jack up threes and miss, <laughs> miss all of them. <laughs> so Utah surpassed the franchise record of 14 by midway through the second quarter. And Mitchell's three-pointer with 34 seconds left in the half put the Jazz in the record books. Here's the play. Kiki. Kiki. You love me. Donovan free. He's unbelievable. History has been made. So, uh, Donovan Mitchell was six for seven. Ingles was four for six. Clarkson was three for six. Bogdanovich was two for four. Uh... Nyang was two for three. Uh, Oni was one for one. And Royce O'Neal was 0 for four. <laughs> All right, Royce O'Neal, you shouldn't be <laughs> shooting threes. You're just like me in NBA 2K. Now I got a big lead on Will, and all I did was jack up threes, and he comes back. Total 18 for 31. Jeez. O'Neal, Gobert, and Favors were the only Jazz players who saw the court in the first half but did not make a three-pointer. Though Utah's home announcers kept encouraging Gobert to let one fly. <laughs> and want and wonder why they were letting him. They were encouraging that. There was a blow up by them. The score was uh, seventy-eight to forty at half. Jesus. So that leads into the second NBA history thing. They blew the lead. First time in a, in the NBA, three teams win by forty plus Oof. on the same day. Does it happen? What? First time? That's weird. Yeah. Jazz beat the Magic 137 to 91. That's a clap. The Knicks beat the Pistons 125 to 81. Cheeks clapped. And the Trailblazers beat the Thunder 133 to 85. Another cheek clapper. Uh, there were there had been six days with two 40-point wins. Uh, for anyone who wanted a tightly contested basketball game Saturday, the best option was Gonzaga versus UCLA. What a freaking shot to end the game. Oh, and on Friday, not to mention this one, right? Is it the uh, the Thunder, the uh, Warriors game? Yeah, Raptors beat the Warriors by 53. At one point, it was like <laughs> fucking 98 to 50. I'm like, all right, Warriors, you should stop trying now. <laughs> Splash Brothers, more like... Uh, Injured the brothers. Dr- I was going to say the Drowners. I'm so happy to see. I mean, I, I'm not happy they're injured, but I'm happy the Warriors are finally friggin' They're finally done. Yeah. The, the dominance. Yeah. So um, our main man is back. Isaiah Thomas, baby. How'd you know? Because you said our main man is back. <laughs> and I saw it yesterday. Uh, Isaiah Thomas will honor Kobe Bryant. As he makes his NBA return with the Pelicans. No, I'm so happy for him. Me too. He signed a 10-day contract. First game since February 3rd, 2020. And in joining the Pelicans, Thomas is hoping to not only revitalize his professional career, but also to honor one of his basketball heroes. Yep. The two-time All-Star plans to wear the number 24 as a tribute to Kobe Bryant, who died in a helicopter crash last year. Uh, Thomas has previously worn number 0, 3, 4, 7, and 22. I'm four in the Celtics, baby. Yep. I uh, played last season with the Wizards, averaging 12.2 points and 3.7 assists per game, shooting 41.7% from the three-point uh, land. Um, you know, I'm happy for him. You know, it's obviously ever since his injury at the Celtics, his hip, uh, when he hurt his hip, it really hasn't been the same, but it's good to see him back. Yeah. I kind of wish the Celtics signed him because that's where uh, 
No, he was in. I think he was in Sacramento before he got traded to the Celtics. And yeah, no one really. I mean, I don't know who he was when the Celtics acquired him. Yeah, I didn't either. But he killed it. Then he came to the Celtics, made them. No, you can disagree with me. He made them contenders. Um, pretty much changed his career around, became a two-time All Star. So hopefully he can uh, find that again. Yeah. So the Pelicans tweeted roster move. The Pelicans announced that the team assigned guard Isaiah Thomas to a ten-day contract. Uh, Thomas will wear number twenty-four for the Pelicans, and then. Isaiah Thomas cool tweeted that saying Kobe, and then uh, I was just scrolling, and he posted this um, photo of him and Kobe at an All Star game, and I just looked at it, and I kind of just chuckled a little bit because I kind of forgot how short he was. Mm-hmm. So tell me, this doesn't look like Kobe is about to compete against like a teenager. He's on his tippy toes, giving him a hug. Yeah, and I just thought it was funny, <laughs> and Kobe's like leaning over. Yeah, but. Did you, uh, you said the um that uh, article said that the game was uh the most entertaining game was watching Gonzaga and UCLA game. Yeah, you I saw the, the final score. I didn't see the play. Oh my god! It was ninety three ninety, right? Yeah. about that uh i love how for the games uh, when they're on the bench they're socially distanced mm-hmm. and after that game winner they're like f the social distance yeah i know <laughs> uh i didn't watch that was the a sh- shot though I, <laughs> I didn't watch the game i uh i was gonna watch the last couple seconds i said nothing interesting is going to happen i go on twitter everyone's like oh my god oh my god and i'm like what happened so I click on trending. I click on the uh, game, and I'm like, yeah. "Oh shit! I probably should have watched." Yeah. Oh well. That's okay. I don't, I but don't, um, the only time I watched college basketball is during March Madness. So that's okay. You had a uh, better luck not watching that than I had on uh, Thursday. What happened? I made a bet for opening day. Mm-hmm. I did a parlay for the Red Sox, the Yankees, and the Dodgers to win. I was like, "Oh, I'm pretty confident with that." It's the Yankees, it's the Dodgers, and the Red Sox are facing the Orioles. Every team lost. <laughs> That you picked. Yeah. I'm like, I'm very confident. And usually you just lose a parlay of one team lost. All yeah. of them lost. <laughs> I'm like, pissed too. <laughs> uh, speaking of jazz, uh, I don't know if you guys heard what happened with the jazz team oh, yeah. playing, but um, it was b- pigeons or birds. Whatever it's hit. birds. I, I saw the picture of the plane after. It did not look like birds. I was oh like, my God, look at that blood. Hit. So much blood. You sure they hit birds? Yeah. <laughs> they they hit Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> um They tried playing camera the U tried Jazz from Salt Lake City to Memphis on Tuesday made emergency landing after striking a flock of birds. There were no injuries reported except the birds. <laughs> God <job. laughs> But now two days later the team is uh sharing details of the uh awning moments. A point guard, Mike Conley, uh, bluntly said players were questioning if we're going to be here today for a good 10 to 15 minutes. I think all of us on the flight that were questioning if we're going to be here today. That's how serious it was for us, he said. I can't speak for everybody, but I know how guys are trying. I know uh, that guys are were trying to text family just in case, you know. It was uh, that kind of situation. Well, they really took the, um, the um, thankful for life. Yeah, into that blowout they just had. Yep. Uh, Jordan Clarkson explained the uh, security of the situation, saying if it got to the point where we're all on the plane, like this might be really end. I mean, it was a crazy situation. I understand fully why Donovan Mitchell didn't come. Uh, wow, Jaws star Donovan Mitchell has a fair flying, did not get on the next flight to Memphis. After the bird strike, he missed the game for personal reasons. Oh, wow. I didn't know he had... Uh, well, now we do. You know, you know, when I'm on flights, you know, I think about that kind of stuff sometimes. You no know, emergency landings. Yeah. Like, what would you do? In that situation, no. You really can't do anything. No. No, like, do, do, do what these guys said. Text family and said, we're having an emergency landing. I know if this is the end. Yeah. But no, thank God they were able to make it safely. I'm just glad they're all okay. Yeah, because just imagine. I mean, I, I don't want. Just imagine if you're watching ESPN and that pops up and something tragic like that happens. You know, what the hell do you say? Yeah, I don't know. But no, thank God the Jazz are okay. 
I I I uh I don't remember who made this video, but there was this video where it was like, "What happens if an entire team dies?" Mm-hmm. And they're like, it was like explaining what the rule book says for what happens if an entire team dies, like at once. What would they do? Obviously, it was like some sort of like draft from other teams or something. And they just finish the season that way. I don't remember. I'd have to rewatch the video. But it was just like, this is interesting. Yeah, but thank God the Jazz are okay. I'll, I'll find the video for when we're done recording. All right. You got another one? I do. So, John, how do you feel about the NBA, NBA buyout? Buyout contracts? I don't know. Like people buy out contracts and then sign with another team to form, like, make a super team. That's teams. the only thing I don't like about it because 99.9% of the time when a guy buys out, he goes to a contending team. Mm-hmm. Just just continue to stack up a championship team. I mean, look at the Lakers. Did Andre Drummond, uh, Lamarger Salbridge going to the Nets? Yeah. But uh want to hear what uh, Atlanta Hawks play-by-play broadcaster Bob Rathorn, Rathbun wrote on Twitter about mm-hmm. it. And I kind of like this idea. Uh, he said, if the NBA would like to correct this farce of the buyout market, declare that any player purchased. I love how the word purchased is there. It's just so weird. <laughs> purchased. Um, after the trade deadline, would be ineligible for the playoffs. That would stop it cold. If you want a guy, trade for him before the deadline. Yes. I like that. Yeah, uh, ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski reported that many small market general managers are now petitioning the league for an overhaul of the system, writing, if the clear-eyed reality is that these players are simply faded all-stars released from the back end of expensive contracts, the visual of them flocking to super team rosters and two marquee markets does cast a chilling impact on the league's collective psyche. I like it. It'd be interesting. But then, um, who was who wrote this article? Uh, Eric Walden of the Salt Lake Tribune. He he was playing devil's advocate to this. Um, he said, uh, what well, he wonders if they're asking for a solution to something that really isn't that much of a problem. He said, okay, so the optics are bad. Fair enough. And there's certainly a lot of howling going on about unfairness right now. You know what else is unfair? Blake Griffin being pitched on becoming a Clipper for life and re-signing with the team, only for the Clippers to turn around and trade him to Detroit. Yep. Drummond, likewise, got shipped to Cleveland a year ago despite his wishes. At the risk of getting all labor versus management about it, I suppose I don't understand why fans are so in favor of the legal loophole that allows teams to violate their contractual agreement with players via trades, but are so vehemently opposed to the occasional player getting to choose who he winds up after a buyout. Mm-hmm. Uh, furthermore, no one is forcing teams to cut such players' loops. Yeah. Aldridge asked the Spurs for a trade, and when they couldn't find one, San, Antonio Bra- San Antonio's brass agreed to you know, negotiate a buyout. The Pistons had stopped playing Griffin, and the Cavs had stopped playing Drummond, opting to give valuable minutes to younger, more developmental guys. But when the vests are ultimately cut loose, we're, we're going to complain about where they go next. Uh, I suppose you could argue teams in such a position can't afford to play hardball, that they'd risk alienating powerful agents and earning a reputation as a player-unfriendly organization, thus curtailing the possibility of landing future stars. Not buying it. It's generally not in the agent's best interest to self-impose limits on his clients' options. Um. Yeah. So, just what do you think? I agree with it. I mean, you got all these star guys going to teams that are already stacked. Yeah. It's just like come to Boston. Jesus Christ, it's not that hard. No. <laughs> um. Any more basketball? Yes. Um. LeBron is LeBron James recruiting uh Steph Curry to the oh, Lakers. No. Okay. Good. I like that last sentence. Here's why it's unlikely to ever happen. Um. Obviously, you know, LeBron, I'm, I'm a big LeBron fan, but obviously he tries to get as many people to win. Yep. Um, Curry. Curry. Of um, the Steph variety. All right. Um, I thought it was uh, hilarious over All-Star Week, and LeBron was praising Steph up and uh, up one side and down the other, how much he loves his game, how much he respects him. Uh, Brian Wartress recently said on his uh, Hoop Collective podcast, LeBron has obviously begun the recruiting of uh, Steph. Uh, just in the event he wouldn't extend his uh, contract to Warriors, 
and that somehow he would become a free agent and the Lakers would uh, have swung at him. Um, the idea Curry, who turned 33 in March, might not re-sign with, the Golden State, uh, with, with Golden State, was immediately discussed by Mark Spears of the Undefeated and Nick, ASPN's Nick uh, Friedel, who ran through the reasons the, uh, this would never happen. Uh, that he's never said anything other than he wants to finish his career in Golden State or how excited he is to play with Clay, Tom- uh, Clay Thompson again next season. His status as a Bay Area's permanent ath- athletic icon, none of which grew- drew an argument from uh, Ward to Horse, um, who simply uh, reti- um, reiterated the facts as he understands them. Just to be clear, he's definitely eligible for a contract extension this summer. Uh, Woodhurst reported, and LeBron started recruiting him at All-Star Weekend. For the record, I'm with Fertile, said Spears. The Warriors, regardless of the uh, financial um, financial bend, it will put them uh, to be paying a guy in his late 30s some $50 million by the end of the uh, contract, an absolute going to offer Curry a max extension, uh, which would be four years and uh, $225 million if he signs the, uh, the offseason, or a fully five-year max extension if he waits until the summer of 2022. Curry is going to sign it either this summer or next. Uh, it's about as sure as a bet you can make. Um, just imagine if you Noah know, Curry says to the Warriors, you know what, I've been here my whole career. We achieved a lot. We went to you know, five straight finals. We won three championships. Yeah. Um, the Lakers don't have enough cat space, so I'll just sign Curry. They owe LeBron, Anthony Davis, and Kyle Kuzma $95.5 million on their own <gasps> in 22-23. Uh, again, when Curry uh, would officially become a free agent if he doesn't sign the extension this summer. And uh, Katavius Kyle Pope is guaranteed just another $5 million. Uh, that's $100 million of a $115 million projected cap even if they somehow nuke the rest of the roster, do the math. That's roughly $15 million they could pay Curry in the first season, who uh, s- stands to start the next deal uh, north of $40 million in year one. Um, that just be... The starting five would be crazy. Uh, you know, the, obviously Curry... Um, I don't even know who the shooting guard is. Then you got Anthony Davis, you got LeBron... You, you know, if you still have um, the hell's Andre Drummond, that'd be a scary starting five. Oh yeah. But uh, obviously, it looks like the Lakers can't afford him. But if somehow the Lakers can pull strings and be able to get Curry, now obviously Curry and LeBron are two of the greatest players to play the game. Just having those two guys on the court, Anthony Davis, that's a scary big three. Yeah, get rid of Anthony Davis and LeBron and Curry still. Matting. Yeah. But uh, as a LeBron fan, I, I I mean I'd love to see it, but it's not going to happen. Yeah. Go to the Celtics. Celtics, Boston, home team. Um, speaking with the uh, Lakers, uh, Dennis Schroeder, uh, who reportedly turned down four eighty-four million uh, extension late in February. First Ooh. of all, I do not think Dennis Schroeder is worth eighty-four million dollars. No, I don't think he's worth twenty-five million. Well, it depends on how much a year. How I don't many think years? he's worth. Ten million. How many years? Uh, the most. Uh, the most that Shorter can extend under um, his current situation is four years, eighty-four million, which I've been told the Lakers did indeed offer him eighty-four million over four years. I would have hundred percent taken that. Yeah, he said no to the extension. Of course he did. And the Lakers offered him a trade for a Kyle uh, Lowry. Um, that Shorter reportedly turned down extension doesn't mean he's leaving the Lakers this summer. It just means he wants more money and a. 2021 free agent market. He believes he can get it. The Lakers don't have the salary cap to go outside their own roster to play shorter, so they'll have to pay him what he wants. Um, side note, the Lakers will have a some decision to make with Montrell's Harrell, who uh, won't likely have the quite open market value shorter does, but will uh, uh, most certainly turn down his 2021-22 uh, 20, uh, 9.7 million player option for rent free agency. Um, I definitely don't think Dennis Schroeder is worth that much money. Oh no, not. I don't really. I don't really think he's really even that good, to be honest. He's eh. Yeah. Thought his his whole career has been eh. He's all right. I mean, I don't really follow him, so yeah, I don't know. It's probably my guess is he averages like twelve point four points per game, six point three assists. You get this straight. I'm gonna. 
Uh, and we'll add 3.2 rebounds and 0. How many points did you say? I said 12.4. Oh, 15.4, 3.5 rebounds and... Um, Wait, how many rebounds? 3.5 and 5... Uh, Wait, is this season or career? Current season. Oh, I want career. Oh. You should say that. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Oh, I'm go- I, I was talking career uh, Should stats. I do Wikipedia? Yeah. Because you read everything on Wikipedia. Yeah. All right. Um, there it is. Career st- regular season career stats, 13 point. Where's points? Tw- 12 points, points per game, 14.1. So you were close. That's close. And then assists, 4.6, lower than what I said. Rebounds, 2.8, lower than what I said. I got steals, right? I said point eight. Yeah, you're not per a, game. you're not worth eighty four million, guy. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> I mean, if you were constantly an MVP voting and an All Star, yeah, I would say or you're maybe worth getting it. like twenty points per game. Yeah, but you're fucking not worth that much money. Get the hell out of here. Yeah, he's twenty one million a year is what he wants. More basketball or baseball? I think it's time for some uh, baseball. Baseball. All right, let's go with the most obvious one to start. MLB is moving the 2021 All-Star Game from Atlanta over Georgia voting law. Yes. Now, I've, I've, start been, I've started listening to the Baseball Tonight podcast with um, Buster Olney mm-hmm. and Rob Manfred. He, uh, he had an interview. Yep. Where they talk about how to take, they take like years to decide on All-Star locations. Yes. And I got like three months. So it's going to be tricky. So, um, I'll just ask you this. We're not going to go into details on the new voting laws, but where would you like the All-Star game to go to? Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> For hmm. anyone who can't tell what John's hmming about, I'm wearing a Red Sox jersey and he pointed to it. Fenway, baby! Fenway. Um, would you go if it was at Fenway? Oh, hell yeah, dude. Hell Yeah. I've always wanted to go in All-Star. My favorite All-Star game and All-Star game is MLB. Just for one main reason is because the uh, let's say the NL's hosting, the NL teams will wear their home jerseys and the AL will wear their away jerseys from the teams that, you know, representing. That's, yeah. I wish all teams, all major, not major, um, all, all sports, sports I mean, football technically does it. They wear the helmets. Yeah. I just wish all you know, uh, sports did that for All-Stars. I would say it wouldn't be as easy for football because usually their jersey tops and bottoms are different colors, mm-hmm. and that might get confusing because really the only deciding factor – oh, I mean, maybe not because of all your away jerseys are white. Oh, that's true too, yeah. I guess you'd have to look at every team's home and away jersey. Yeah. But for baseball, it's like you're home, you're white, you're away, you're gray. Yeah. And then there's your alternate switch, depending on your team colors and whatnot. That just varies. Yeah. But you're normally it's red, I mean not red, gray or white. And then the Yankees pinstripes or non pinstripes. I mean, I just just my favorite thing about all the MLB All Star game. Yeah, I like it. Um there's been uh six possible uh seeds that could host the uh, all star game. America front family field. I've seen the outside of the stadium but haven't been inside. Uh, Brewers. Yep. Wow, they changed their name. Did not know that. The ballpark from the Nesmill Ballpark. I would see as a uh, national landing spot for the All Star Game. The MLB is playing to a hunter. Uh, must always talk about Hank Aaron. Number uh, two is not happening. I can tell you that for now. Nope. Uh, played the first twelve uh, years of his career with the Milwaukee Braves. Never knew they were a thing. <laughs> Do you uh, know why number two is not happening? Because um, I don't know. Because they they're have hosting the it in twenty twenty two, right? Something yeah, like they're that. hosting it next year. So Dodger Stadium's not getting it? No, Milwaukee last hosted the All-Star Game in 2002. Dodgers, the defending world champions, are slated to host the 2022 All-Star. Moving those plans uh, up here would seem to make sense. Um, obviously, we was supposed to play the All-Star Game last year. Uh, Globe Life Field, Arlington. Last year, the MLB used Globe, uh, Globe Life Field, home of the Rangers, as its neutral site for NLCS and World Series. Um, oh, my God. I didn't see this one. Herm, uh, Harm Burton Stadium, San Juan, Puerto Rico. Do that. I've sold. Have the All-Star Game in Puerto Rico. Uh, the stadium seats about 18,000 fans at full capacity, and full capacity may not even be possible in the pandemic, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Wrigley Field and Yankee yeah. Stadium. Yeah, okay. Those ones are okay. All right. Um, let's see. 
Let's uh, let's talk about some more history. Okay. Your man Mercedes makes history, hitting eight for eight to start the season. Eight for eight. Yep. Ooh, he's on fire. And then he was finally retired in the eighth inning of the second game, flying out on a full count. But still, eight for eight. Uh, White Sox reliever Evan Marshall uh, said, I'd be offering Yerman extension right now. Yeah. Yeah, but it's crazy. Starting the year eight for eight. It's freaking That's crazy. like it will be the show. Yeah, uh, Mercedes' first hit was a solo home run in the second, marking the first long ball of his MLB career which was retrieved by Chicago's bullpen and authenticated. His most important knock appeared to come in the top of the six when Mercedes doubled home Johan Moncada, who had reached after being hit by a peach pitch to lead off the frame. So uh, Chris Steins had the longest streak of hits to start a season in the expansion era at seven in 1997, a feat now surpassed by Mercedes. The White Sox record for consecutive hits is 10, which is shared by Frank Thomas, Rip Radcliffe, and obviously, your favorite player, Harry McCurdy. Yeah, baby, Harry McCurdy. <laughs> from, from 1926. Fucking greatest baseball player of all time. Yeah. Ooh. Who holds the major league record at 11? 11 for 11? Not to start a year, but most hit consecutive hits. Nomar. Two people. Nomar. Uh, one was on the Red Sox, and one... I'm, I'm trying to ask one question. Was this guy that was on the Red Sox in our lifetime? Or were we yes. Close? Okay. David Ortiz. No. Manny. No. No more. No. Uh, Han. Dustin Pedroia. <laughs> yes. Yeah, bitch, I got it. And then the other guy was on our rival. But I'll give you a year to help out of the year he did it. Okay? 2002. Probably Derek Jeter. Bernie Williams. Fuck. <laughs> but, but that was uh, eight straight hits in the majors. I think this is like his rookie year, but yeah. doing that. That's pretty good. That's, that's impressive. Yeah. And want to hear some more history? Mm-hmm. Um, where is it? Uh, Twins Jose Barrios and Brewers Corbin Burns flirt with no hitters en route to historic pitching duel. Did you hear about this? No. So the Twins beat the Brewers 2-0 yesterday. And through six innings, the two starting pitchers had combined for 23 strikeouts, zero hits, zero walks, and two hit batters. I just dropped my phone. Fumble. Fumble. But um, though Barrios was not permitted to begin the seventh inning after throwing 84 pitches across the first six frames, the Twins were able to come within five outs of a combined no-hitter after Taylor Rogers struck out the side in the seventh. Omar Navarez then singled off Tyler Duffy to end the bid with one out in the eighth. That sucks. Yeah, but uh, no, nevertheless, Barrios finished his night having punched out 12 of the 19 batters he faced. He amassed 18 whiffs on 36 swings. <laughs> Closest uh, game I've been to no hitter was in Baltimore 2016. Oh, really? Yep. Had Barrios and the Twins completed the no hit effort, it would have been their first in nearly a decade. Uh, do you remember who pitched a no hitter? Against the White Sox in May 2011 for the Twins. Good pitcher, no hitter, and he was on the Twins in 2011. Oh my God, dude, <laughs> he's probably a bum. No. Want me to tell you? Yeah. Francisco Liriano. Oh my God, that's a name. Yep. Uh, the Twins have had seven no hitters in franchise history, but only two others since the 1970s. Um, Francisco Ariano. Wow. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, let's see. MLB boycotts Georgia, as we talked about. Mm -hmm. Signs new deal with Chinese firm that dropped NBA over execs Hong Kong support. So baseball signed a deal with China. Yeah. Uh, let's see. 
MLB, uh, blah, blah, blah. while bolstering ties with the Communist Party backed Chinese company that cracked down on NBA executives who supported the pro democracy movement in Hong Kong. Uh, Major League Baseball fundamentally supports voting rights for all Americans and opposes restrictions to the ballot box. League Commissioner Rob Manfred said, announcing their decision to pull the All Star game out of the Peach State Friday. Um, but the MLB signed a deal with Tencent Wednesday, one of China, China's largest tech companies. Mm-hmm. It's one of the Chinese firms that briefly dropped NBA games in 2019 after former Rockets general manager Daryl Morey publicly voiced support for pro-democracy protesters facing a Beijing-backed crackdown in Hong Kong. Uh, the new deal grants Tencent rights to stream MLB games in a number of Asian countries until 2023. That's cool. Back in 2018, the MLB and Tencent reached another deal that granted the company streaming rights for 125 games within China. I'm mad like that because baseball's it's, it's huge. Especially in Japan. And, and Japan. It's, it's huge both. Yeah. So, uh, oh, the, the beginning of this season, 2021, has not been... Too kind to Rymel Tapia. Okay. Uh, the left fielder for the Rockies. Mm-hmm. And game one, Cody Bellinger. Long fly ball to deep left field. It's in his glove. Over the fence. I told you about this. Yeah, play. I started looking up. On the Would have been weird. a two-run homer if Turner didn't think it was caught and went back to first base. <laughs> so Bellinger hit an over-the-wall uh, RBI single, <laughs> which I told, I think it was either John or my brother, that it was the longest single in Coors Field history. But it was technically a home run. should have been a home run. Yeah. But it was a single. Yeah, it was credited an RBI single, <laughs> even though it was a home run. So if Cody Bellinger loses the home run title by one home run this year, fists be flying. Yeah, you're going Justin Scherner. <laughs> it's all your... You fucked up. You fucked up. So we have a little case of... um. The oopsie daisies again the next day. Don't tell me he did it Ronald again. By Ronald Tapia. He did it again, didn't he? So, <laughs> um, I'll, I'll show John the play first. This one's a little more heartbreaking for Tapia, to be honest with you. Uh, let's full screen it. Ah. Son, stop it. Stop it. I want a full screen. but has worked himself onto the opening day roster. And serves one to deep left field. Tapia back, leaping, and it's off of his glove again. No, it's in play. It Get up, play dude. Right and that's going to give an opportunity for McKinstry to come all the way around and score an inside-the-park home run to give the Dodgers the lead. How about it? Deja vu. He just laid there. He got he got hurt. Oh, he did on the play. He stayed down for several seconds before touching the ball and returning the infield. Um, oh, where is it? Uh, where is it? Ah, da, da. He then departed the game under his own power, exiting through the outfield alongside a trainer. Cloud. Um, yeah. So I hope he's okay. But um, Zach McKinstry. First inside the park home run of the season. Not bad for a rookie. No, no. He's a rookie, A lot too. of rookies just fucking tearing it up so far. Yeah. And <laughs> what a play for your first career home run. Inside the park home run. At least he knows he'll have that ball. <laughs> <laughs> and a guy had a broken back trying to <laughs> rob it. Yeah. McKinstry's home run of the solo variety put the Dodgers ahead 5-4 in the, bu- in the top of the eighth. He was inserted into the game as a pinch hitter for Walker Bueller, who in his season debut allowed two run- runs on four hits and struck out four in six innings. Not bad for a pinch hit either. No. <laughs> but, yeah, I just thought the whole deja vu thing was fun. Yeah. It's just like freaking back-to-back games. It's just like, what? <laughs> yeah, he, he um, guess how many at-bats he had in his MLB career before gonna, that game? I'm going to say five. Close. Four. Eight. Eight. <laughs> Eight big league at-bats. Yeah, inside the park home run. Yeah. So. Craziness. Um, Since we mentioned rookies a couple times, 
Let's talk about some young players. Mm-hmm. And then we'll talk about massive contracts. <laughs> yeah. So I found this article called Bright Future, MLB's Youngest Players. There's 10 players who are really young, who four of them are on the freaking Padres. We got Ryan Weathers, a left-handed pitcher for the Padres, age 21, and only December 17th, 1999. So he just turned 21. Yep. Uh, Weathers' first major league appearance was a one and one-thirds was one and one-third scoreless innings in the National League Division Series last fall, highlighted by a strikeout of Cody Bellinger, the son of 19 big leaguer, 19-year big leaguer David Weathers. He went seventh overall in the 2018 draft and saw his fastball and slider at four or five miles per hour velocity at San Diego's alternate site last summer. Mm-hmm. Number two, Tecupi Tecupita Marcano. <laughs> T-U-C-U-P-I-T-A. I'm not going to try it. Infielder for the Padres, age 21, September 16th, 1999. So he just turned 21. Yep. Like Weathers, Marcano saw his last regular season action in low Class A. He'll probably return to the minors once Trent Grissom comes off the injured list, but he's an interesting long-term prospect at bat, as a bat-first infielder. Garrett Crochet, left-handed pitcher of the White Sox, June 21st, 1999, age 21. All right. Crochet became the first player to make his pro debut in the majors since Mike Leake a decade earlier when he joined the White Sox last September. The 11th overall choice in the 2020 draft. Um, he averaged 100 100.1 miles per hour with his fastball during six scoreless relief innings. <laughs> Luis Oviedo, right-handed pitcher for the Pirates, May 15th, 1999, age 21. All 21-year-olds. Yep. Oviato hasn't pitched above low Class A, but has to stay on the Pirates' active big league roster all year after they acquired him in the Rule 5 draft last December from the Mets, who selected him from the Indians. He signed out of the same Venezuelan program that produced Carlos Carrasco and has a similar build and stuff at the same stage of their careers. We don't really need to have talk about this next guy because we're very familiar with him. Vladimir Guerrero Jr., age 22, March 16, 1999. Obviously, son of Vlad Jr. Yep. Um, his numbers in his age 20 and 21 seasons, uh, batting 269, are better than league average and similar to those of Willie Mays. Uh, Vlad Jr. celebrated opening day with a 114.1 mile per hour single off Garrett Cole, the hardest hit recorded off Cole in the StatCast era. That must have been loud as hell. Probably. Uh, Adrian Moraho, Morahan, left-handed pitcher for the Padres, February 27th, 1999, age 22. We're going to take a set. No Boba Shet, no Calamigio. We're not on the list. <laughs> Don't worry. Uh, the Padres spe- spent $78 million in bonuses and penalty tax on their 2016-2017 international crop, including an $11 million bonus and matching tax for Morahan. He became the second youngest pitcher in franchise history, 20 years, 144 days, in 2019, and owns one of the hardest sinkers, averaging 96.6 miles per hour in the majors. I didn't realize this guy was this young. Fernando Tatis Jr. Do you know how old he is? He's apparently 21. 22. January 2nd, 1999. He's only fucking 22. Yeah. And he just signed a 14-year, $340 million contract. Like Tony, he's only gonna get better. Yeah, watch him be bust. <laughs> Freaking ugh. Uh, Christian Patchy, outfielder for the Braves, age 22, November 19th, 1998. Recognized for years as the top defender in the minors, Patchy cracked the Braves' playoff roster last fall despite having just two games of big league experience. His brilliance in center field will remind Atlanta fans of Andrew Jones. Ooh, it's a name I haven't. It's a name growing up I liked. I'm going to skip number nine because we're going to bring him back to him because I have a complaint about the Yankees broadcasting team because they insulted him and I didn't like it. Okay. Uh, but we'll jump to number 10. Juan Soto. Obviously, Enough said. Yep. Uh, 69 home runs in his first <laughs> 313 <laughs> nice. games yep. before, 20 t- before turning 22. He led the NL in hitting 351 in the majors in on-base percentage, 490, slugging 695 in OPS, uh, uh, well, 1185. Um, only, only Mel Ott 
Tony Congliaro, and Eddie Matthews have hit more homers through their age 21 season. He's a beast. And now we're going to jump back to number nine. Or I want to see why they, okay, let's see why they insulted me. They didn't like it. Alejandro Kirk, catcher for the Blue Jays. You know him? No. So basically, I was watching, since the Yankee, uh, since the first Red Sox-Orioles game got postponed, I'm like, oh, I'll toss on the Yankees-Blue Jays. And they were talking about how the Blue Jays have, like, a lot of people in their bullpen. They have, like, nine people on their roster that's in their bullpen or something. They have a lot of relief pitchers. You need, like, six. Why not? Yeah, so they're comparing the Yankees. The Yankees, like, the Yankees have a four-man bench. The Blue Jays have a three, three-man bench. But then they're like, with Alejandro Kirk as catcher, as the backup catcher, it's like they have a two-man bench. I'm like, I didn't like that. They might have just been saying that because he's a backup catcher. Yeah. But I took that as they insulted him. I'm like, how dare you insult this five foot eight, two hundred and sixty five pound god? Yeah. Fucking leave him alone. Have you seen? <laughs> he he looks. Not gonna lie though, he does look out of place in a batter's box. I gotta he see just this. Looks. I gotta see this. Obviously, yeah. But <laughs> he he is like, so they hold on. I'll I'll finish reading the article and then I'll show you a picture of him. I I like him though. Um, Kirk has outstanding bat ball bat to ball skills and had that resulted in a 315 418 500 line in the minors and a 9 for 24 splash in Toronto last September. He's beginning of the season as Danny Jansen's backup but could take the starting job if he polishes his defense. Mm-hmm. But look at this dude, ready? <laughs> oh my god, what the hell? He looks like a uh and there he is hitting He's like a freaking uh, created player. He does a little bit, but like, just like, but the he's as tall as the catcher bending over a little bit. But they say he can hit the ball out though. He has a good pop. Yeah. All right. He's they he's, they said he has the, he has good bat to ball. All right. Contact. But I saw that. I was just like, how dare you insult this god? Like, look at him run. Fucking animal. Look at him. Look at his jersey. Uh, he what number is he? Uh, he has, like, such a great number. 85. 85. <laughs> well, I like him, though. He's uh, he's also only 22. Everyone else was 21 or 22. Oh, man. Well, he looks like he changed the number to 30 now. He's 30 now? But let's see. So let's go to his stats. Um, Yeah, 2020. <laughs> Show me his stats. You dumb mother effer. <laughs> oh, my word. In 2020 for Toronto, he had 24 at-bats, nine hits, four runs, two doubles, one homer, three RBIs, one walk. So a 375 batting average. We got to go see a Blue Jays game so we can <laughs> see him. I mean, they are playing in Canada, so. Nope. Yeah, but he's five foot eight, two sixty-five. He's a freaking house. He's an animal. Yeah. <laughs> In a good way. And then, do I have any more? That is all my baseball. Francisco Lindor. Um, the Mets do a massive 10-year, $341 million extension. Lord, uh, Lindor always hasn't made the uh, Mets. Well, this was uh, April 1st. All right, never mind. Um... 27 was acquired by uh, from Cleveland in January as part of a six-player trade. The Mets also netted uh, injured starter um, Carlos Costco in that deal. Um, in sent infield is Emid Rocio, Andres um, Jimenez, and prospect uh, Josh Wolf and Isaiah Green. Uh, Lindor has batted 277-243-502 with 78 homers and uh, 53 stolen bases over the last three seasons. Um, obviously a great shortstop. He's been uh worth uh thirteen point nine wins above replacement, the tenth most among position players during that span. Crazy. Uh, and, uh his new contract will begin till oh twenty twenty two, which means the Mets have secured his uh services for the next eleven years. Yeah, it's an extension. Yeah, Lindor's salary is uh uh twenty. First, 2021 will be 22.3 million, according to Joel uh, Sherman. 
The contract includes uh, deferred money, but does not include uh, any opt-outs. Um, have the Mets learned anything about, you know, giving players, you know, big contracts? Hey, John. Bobby Buena, whatever his name was. And still paying him to this day? I think they got like 10 years to go or something. Crazy. This guy's getting paid all that money. It's like so 1 million bucks a year. I <laughs> wish so I could do that. I'd do that. Like 20 mil now, 1 mil yeah. for the next 20 years. Give me 1 mil a year for the next 20 years, baby. Uh, following uh, Lindor's recent dinner with Mets owner Steve Cohen, the team made it. Uh, the the team made what was reported to be a ten year three hundred twenty five offer. Lindor, however, was poorly asking for, for a twelve year to uh, three eighty five. Yep. Uh, Look at me remembering stuff. Yeah. Don't even. I, mean, I definitely, I definitely think he's worth. It. He's a fantastic player. Yeah. But just, I just don't like contracts like that because let's say if uh, On the cover of the most recent Sports Illustrated with his blonde hair. Yep. I mean, I definitely. I mean, I think he's worth it. You know, he's a great player. I think um, he can make the Mets contenders. But again, Mets, you don't learn from giving players big contracts. So yeah. So John, have fun paying him and all that money. I saw you have baseball fans return for 2021 yes, MLB so season. So I suggest let's go to a Rangers game. Okay. Why do I? 100 percent capacity. Yep. 100 percent capacity. Crawford, here we come. <laughs> um, oh if Lord. you guys are listening to this point, which you guys hopefully are, we are one hour and two minutes in. Um, MLB is having fans return. Every opening team's plan for person in attendance. Uh, Arizona, yes, the Diamondbacks will allow 20,000 fans at Chase Field. That's Alexa, what's the capacity for Chase Field? So they're at like 40%. Yes, it did. Thank you. So that's that You're stands welcome. me somewhat full. Yeah. Um, the Atlanta Braves. Yes, we'll have fans. The Braves will begin the season with 33% capacity at Trust uh, tr- uh, Trust Ballpark, about yep. th- uh, 13,000 fans. Yep. The Orioles will allow 25 capacity, about 11,000 fans. You guys don't even average that much. You guys suck. <laughs> uh, Fenway start uh, with 12% capacity, obviously. About 4,500. Uh, yep, we'll be there tomorrow. Yep. Keep an eye out for us. Right by Pesky Pole. Uh, uh, the Chicago White House. Chicago Mayor. Uh, lawyer. Uh, Lori, Lori Lightfoot. <laughs> what kind of last name I is don't, that? I don't know. I don't like her. Has decided that both Chicago teams in May sell tickets for 20% compa- uh, 20% of the available seats. That means the White Sox will be uh, able to sell at least 8,000 tickets. Um, to be exact, 8,122 Okay, I'm sorry. And the cuz will have 8,274 because I wasn't ex- uh, said the first time. Uh, Cincinnati, 30% capacity. That's about 12,000 fans. Uh, Cleveland, 30% capacity, about 10,500. Uh, 10, nice. So far, the Red Sox are at the bottom. Uh, the Rockies uh, received approval from the Colorado Department of Public Health and Environment. Uh, yep, 42% to 6, 21,363. So specific, 42.6. <laughs> Um, Comerica Park. Comerica Park will start the season twenty percent capacity, about eight thousand two hundred. Uh, Houston twenty five percent capacity. The Astros uh, will allow about ten thousand three hundred fans. Um, the Royals will allow about uh, ten thousand fans. Wow, so far the Red Sox were in last place. Yeah, that's nothing new. <laughs> the Angels will start the season uh, to twenty percent, twenty percent capacity, nine thousand fans. Dodgers twenty percent. Uh, that's about eleven thousand fans. Uh, Miami, twenty five percent, twenty five percent capacity, nine thousand three hundred fans. Bullshit. They don't get that anyway. No. Uh, the Brewers just open it up. It's Miami. It's whatever. <laughs> they don't care. Uh, my uh, Milwaukee, twenty five percent capacity. The Brewers requested thirty five percent capacity to begin the season from the uh, from the Milwaukee Health Department, but reach an agreement for twenty five percent capacity. You said that twice. Ten thousand five hundred. The Twins will start the season with 10,000. The Yankees, um, about uh, 10,100. That's 20% capacity. The Mets, 8,400, 20% capacity. Uh, Oakland, 20% capacity, 9,400. Philly, 20% capacity, 8,000. Uh, Pittsburgh, 7,000. Um, San Diego, 8,000. The Giants is 8,000. Uh, Seattle, 9,000. Cardinals, Fort. Wow. Uh, 14,500. 
Tampa Bay, 9,000. Texas Rangers. 100% capacity, baby. Uh, the Blue Jays are going to play their home games. And um, good old four-rider, baby, uh, to start the season. Uh, that means that 40,518 fans for Texas. Oh, the Nationals. 5,000 fans. So Red Sox, Red baby. Sox are at the bottom. <laughs> Let's Woo! go, Red Sox. Let's go, Boston. So, if you any you team and you fans of those uh, any of those teams, hey, I know how we can become number one. You know how when you read a list that's like highest to lowest, and yeah. you know, it's like you're sorted highest to lowest. Just click on that like sort button one more time. It just flips it, and boom, Red Sox are on top. So, Red Sox, baby, least amount of fans, but the most diehard. And we're going there tomorrow. Yeah. And I I cannot wait, baby. And that's not real. I had. more I don't I just let's just play the whole song or well at least to the first chorus <laughs> we we should clip that and put it on the uh, take the lead Instagram. We should. <laughs> it's like John. We'll put it there tomorrow. It's like John and Will prepping for the Red Sox game today. <laughs> so John, where can they find you on the internet again? find me on both Twitter and Instagram at William Kluski. You can follow the show on both Twitter and Instagram at TTL Pod. Please rate, review, and subscribe on your preferred listening platform. Subscribe to the YouTube channel for the video version of the show. And we will see you next week.